coffee, but I usually start about one o'clock with a white cloth. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Well, good afternoon, Liz. Hi, Debbie. How, How are you? I'm good. How hey, are you? Hey, we just had a little adventure. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we just had a little adventure. We totally did. What was? What did you think of our adventure? <laughs> well, I had no idea that there's so many vegetarian products in a can. <laughs> and when I was driving home, I was asking Siri for um, corn dog batter mix recipes. (laughs) (laughs) So I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and so vegetarian, um, being vegetarian was a part of our life. I mean, that's what we did. I I do have to tell you that, you know, contrary to um, what was being taught to us, we did have fried chicken almost every single Sunday. Um, real chicken? Real chicken. Okay. Real chicken. Okay. But um, being vegetarian was just, and so for me, having vegetarian food, like a vegetarian hot dog. Yeah. Um, in a can. In a can. <laughs> from a can. It's kind of comfort food. You I know, can some see people that. can have can think like pot roast or meatloaf or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it's a vegetarian corn dog. So um, we went. I took you to an adventure to she, the uh, Seventh Day Adventist bookstore. She took me to the Seventh Day Adventist bookstore slash grocery store. Correct. And I have never in my life seen so many vegetarian products. It was really, really amazing. Kind of blew my mind. So I purchased. Um, some vegetarian hot dogs in a can, some some little like chicken nugget things in a can. What else did I get? Oh, I got some frozen jackfruit, which I put into my freezer in here. Freezer. I can't forget um, to take that home. That you can make tacos. Tacos. It was Mexican Yeah, seasoned. it was like a Tex-Mex uh, seasoning. So I can do tacos. And then it seems like I bought, what else did I buy? You bought um, uh, um, Cracker Jacks. <laughs> yes, I did. I bought some Cracker Jacks. Which has nothing to do with being a vegetarian. No, but, but there's, there's one more can. I think I bought I, I bought one more can of something. Yes, you did. Now I, I can't remember what And I can't what remember it what it is. It wasn't the scallops and it wasn't the tuna. And I don't... It wasn't the beef, was it? No, I don't think so. I but we'll look at it. Yeah. yeah, so meat in a can. Meat in a can. So it was... Um, but then, but then they had a huge, huge freezer section of all kinds of, of uh, frozen vegetarian products, right. which was really, really cool. Because yeah. I know, I mean, so many people are vegetarians these days. Right. And so, yeah, there was a really nice selection of stuff in there. So That's awesome. I'll go back for sure. So, yeah. And I also texted my daughter, who's a vegetarian, driving home. I said, I just went to this. 
it's really cool store. So, well, I can't wait to hear what you think about it all. I know because even at Thanksgiving, um, my son, you know, we just had a very small little gathering at Thanksgiving time. But my son said, "You know what? I really want. I really want some of the vegetarian chicken." And I said, "Okay, no problem. That would be great." And so I made this little tray of, you know, and I cooked it just the way he liked it. And um, my niece, unbeknownst to me, had become a vegetarian. Oh. So I had put a little sign by the tray, and Same. I said, this is vegetarian chicken. And so she said, whoever brought this, you are my favorite relative. And nice. um, so she really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fun. Well, I, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. I'm very excited. So <laughs> Yeah. But the first thing I want to do is make little hot dog, corn dog things. I'm telling you. Then I was thinking they have to be gluten free. I have to make gluten free batter, but I'm sure I can. Uh, you can figure it out. I have gluten free flour, right. so I'm sure there's. And a... cornmeal is gluten free. Yes, it is. So there's a way to do it. Yeah, just there's... make sure that you put a little bit of honey in that batter. That's what it says, and uh huh, and some <laughs> and um, honey, baking powder, and baking powder. Was there brown sugar? Oh, maybe some recipes probably do have brown sugar. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Anyway, so that was fun. So I'm glad we did that. So what else is on your, your mind and heart today, Liz? It seems like there's so many things. You know, we, we started this podcast and, you know, we're going to pick a topic. But then there's so many things to talk about. And sometimes it just maybe seems important to just kind of what's going on today and just yeah. kind of see what comes up. Because, just kind of check in. I think mm-hmm. this is kind of a check in. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Just seeing how you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I am really emotionally drained. Um, I miss my friends. Yeah. You know, the theater. I, I miss it. Yeah. I mean, desperately. Yeah. I miss seeing faces and smiles when you go to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, I stood in line. I, I think it was last weekend. I went to get some dinner and I had called in the order. And when I got to this restaurant, I did not realize that they were 100% open. Oh. Despite the fact that it, uh, there was still a, <coughs> an order to stay closed. And so they weren't just doing takeout and they weren't just doing outdoor dining. They were fully open. Yikes. And I had a real struggle with that. Wow. Wow, Liz. <coughs> Sorry, I that, that's okay. have a little tickle in my throat. That's all right. We're going to just take a little drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I stood there in the line. <laughs> yeah, water. <laughs> um, I stood there in the line, and there was an hour and a half wait for this restaurant. I mean, that's how many people were there. Dang. And This is here in, in, here, in, our, in our little community? In, yeah, in Old Town Clovis. Mm. And so I went inside, and honestly, I, I just did not know that I was going to be so surrounded did by people. Did you have, a, like, anxiety attack? <laughs> I did. I was going to say. I did. Did you have a panic attack? I did. And so I stood there. I had my mask on. Of course, I had no makeup on because I'm not expecting to see people. No. And now I see people that I know, and Thanks. I don't even want to make eye contact because I don't want to have a conversation. Um, so I've got my sweatshirt on. My son came with me 
And as soon as my son walked in, he said, no, 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 I'm not going to be in here with you. And he went outside and he stood out by, there's a little um, funeral home on the corner. Mm -hmm. And so he stood outside that little funeral home where there was nobody else there and just kind of hung out and, you know, playing on his phone or whatever, because he couldn't physically be in there without having a meltdown. And so I just stood there, and for 25 minutes, I was standing in this line. Now, people were trying to be pretty respectful of the distance. Mm -hmm. They were probably three feet from me. (laughs) So had you already paid and everything? I mean, I hadn't paid at that point, but I had called in the order. Yeah, then you feel like you can't. You can't just walk away. And I have a, I had a family back home waiting for dinner, you know, so I had my husband and my son and me and we, we needed dinner. Um, so I just stood there. I had my head down. I saw a couple of people that I knew. I had my mask on and before I knew it, just tears were just coming down my face because I was having a little mini panic attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I've had a couple of those um, being in one of our my favorite big box store. And it has nothing to do with the store. Right. You know, um, it was more me, but just sometimes with that mask, because I'm I really make sure I try to wear my mask everywhere. And with it, I have the mask and then my glasses. And then if I'm trying to read something and I and I then there's people and you don't want to take your mask off or whatever to be able to read it and so that your glasses unfog right, and I've right. had it's it's happened twice where I've been in a store and I've just feel like I can't breathe like I'm going to have claustrophobia yeah and um yeah. because you don't you can't you can't take those things off because we're in a pandemic yeah and you have to have your mask on yes you, you know it's important to keep your mask on as I'm standing in line, you know, it's not a very big restaurant. This, this place is not very big. And so there are people, I, I think the closest people to me without masks on were probably, you know, maybe 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they were, but there's, there's booths of people all around me and nobody is wearing a mask at the tables, of course, because they're eating and drinking, of course, but it's not at 25%, which is yeah. Where the restaurant had been the last time I was there, they had been at 25% capacity okay. because they were trying to be respectful. But not only was this restaurant jam-packed with an hour and a half wait, but across the street was a bar. There was live music in the street. And honestly, it was like wow. a... It was like there was a um, festival of some kind because people were just shoulder to shoulder walking down the street. And I was shocked. I was shocked. Well, I know that in that part of, well, you have Clovis and Fresno. That's where we are. And I I do know, I haven't experienced it firsthand because I don't live there. And usually I don't necessarily frequent the stores and places in Clovis, but I have heard right. that Clovis is way more relaxed about all of those kinds of rules than other places. Although we know of places in in Fresno too that right. just there's just a disregard for for the severity of what's going on in this world with this pandemic. Yeah, and until this week, 
um, we had zero beds available. Right. And so that is the criteria that they were using to decide when to kind Get, of yeah. you know, relax things a little bit. Right. And so now that we're we've got the holiday spike mm-hmm. that's kind of behind us, mm-hmm. we have more beds available. And you know, I just keep thinking oh, great, we've got fewer people in ICUs, we've got fewer dead people, yay us. And then I think, wait a minute, why Why would we celebrate even one death? Right. Why do we celebrate that now we have some open beds? Oh, now let's go get sick? Yeah, now let's open up and, and let's, why don't we keep it? Why don't we stay? Well, I don't Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> I say that. I, it, I'm so torn because, as you know, I have a business. Yeah. We want to be open, but we really can't. And so I'm just in this weird catch-22 of, you know, wanting to stay safe and wear my mask and wanting to stay locked down. Yeah. And yet at the same time, knowing that if it continues and continues and continues... You're going to lose your business. I'm going to lose my business. Yeah. Or potentially. And yeah. so... It's just very, very hard. It's a very stressful place to find yourself in. And, and you know, we have a situation in our family right now where um, we have a potential gathering yeah. that was, we were all looking forward to it. And there are people in the family who feel really, really strongly about being masked up and keeping protocol and keeping social distance and if we're going to meet together that's great but we need to meet outside Mm -hmm. and um we've just we've had a really weird run-in in in the last 24 hours really and my husband's so upset Mm -hmm. I, i rarely see him wake up and then not be able to go to back back to sleep like right. maybe one other time right. and it happened last night he woke up couldn't go back to sleep he's got anxiety which mm-hmm. is just unusual for him mm-hmm. and it's all because of this idea that people have that we just don't need to be masked yeah and that there's just really not a virus and there like it's it's pretend or something like we're in a movie and it's not a movie people right it's not a movie right and this is just such a small thing that we're being asked to do it's so small and it's so small and you know like i was saying earlier my gosh since 2001 we have all had to take our shoes off now when we fly <laughs> right we can't even take a tweezers with us on the plane right right you know and yet somehow we have all managed to, to deal adapt with that uh-huh. to those new pro to that new yeah. set of protocol yeah so that we can be safe and it gives us a sense of relief right. to know that the person sitting behind us doesn't have some sort of underwear bomb, you know, <laughs> right? because they've gone through an x-ray and we know that we're probably going to be safe on that plane. Right. And I just don't understand why we just can't say, you know what, this sucks. I don't like wearing a mask. I don't, I can't. I can't breathe completely free and all that, but I'm going to do this because it's the least I can do to protect 
my neighborhood and to get us back on track. Right. I, I don't get it either, Liz. I really, really don't. It seems so small. Yeah. It seems like such a small, small thing. In fact, it's such a small thing that when all this is over, and it will be over, mm-hmm. I've decided that when it's cold and flu season, I'm just going to wear a mask anyway. <laughs> well, they do because, that in other countries I know, without thinking about because, it. Because, I mean... I I don't I don't see a problem with that. You mm-hmm. know, if I'm I if that's going to eliminate the uh, the possibility of me getting a cold right. or a flu right. by during those seasons when I'm out with there's when there's lots of people to to wear a mask, I just might do it and it won't be as weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what has what has this this breakdown in relationships and stuff done to you emotionally? Well, I mean, what? honestly, I haven't experienced it Okay. personally. Okay. M- my family, um, I have family members who we have different opinions, mm-hmm. but we have never come to blows. We've, we've had intelligent, respectful discussions. Um, and most of my family, we are all on the same page, but there are a few that aren't. But even but with they respect your choice, and and I respect theirs. Okay, and we've been able to, to it's not even agreeing to disagree. It you know, it's just when we get together, there there's sort of an unspoken thing that we just we don't need to go there. We have so many more things we can talk about. Right. So I, on a personal level, I haven't experienced it. Okay. Um, the, the, the handful of folks that I know we feel differently, it, we, we've just, again, I mean, we just know that we don't need to go there. Right. And so, but, but I do know other people, well, you're one. Yeah. Um, and now my husband. Um, people who I, I'm in a little core leadership core group class thing that I'm doing. And there's two or three young people in that group that are really struggling with having this this thing with their in-laws or their parents, and you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. I mean, for me, honestly, this pandemic, because m- most of my family isn't in town, mm-hmm. and so it's brought us closer because right. of Zoom. And we have Zoom talks and and things, so I haven't I haven't had had it, but I hear it. Yeah. And because of who I am, it just it breaks my heart to hear people crying that their mother in law won't talk to them, and they right. used to be so close, and they used to go shopping every Saturday and go get coffee and lunch, and now there's just nothing, and the now the husband's mad and. Just all kinds of things. It's yeah, terrible. I know. It really is. And I, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what has happened. I mean, we can look back and say, well, when this happened and when this happened, and, you know, that just sent us down a path. We can blame the the dissension on maybe a political figure or a political mm-hmm. party or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is this uh this division mm-hmm. has been growing yeah it has and i think 
the other things that have been going on in the world have kind of added to it. But it, I mean, it, it, it does remind me of, and I think I mentioned this, I don't know if it was in our podcast, but to somebody, but just that idea of the frog in the kettle where, yeah, you yeah, know, and, and it, you, you turn on the heat and right. the frog doesn't feel it. And then all of a sudden the frog is dead mm-hmm. because he just didn't feel that heat coming on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's kind of been like that. And now it feels like it's so far gone that how how are we going to get back? Yeah. How? I think that so, so much of what we have all been kind of dealing with, you know, in our personal maybe lives have sort of come to the surface mm-hmm. because of all of this. Yeah. And so I don't think that we should blame anybody Mm -mm. or anything for where we are. I think it just has um, brought to the surface maybe what's going on. And, you know, they, the, the, BLM, you know, the 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 Black Lives Matter and the African Americans have had so much injustices that this has brought it to the surface. But it's not just them. Right. It's, you know, there's there's people across the board right. who are just angry right. and frustrated and they just want to be heard. Yep. And really the bottom line is, Deb, I think that we all just want to be heard. I think you're right. And I think, I also think that the minute we start blaming, then we don't, we don't stop to look inward. Right. You know, be, oh, it's just because of, you know, the president or, right. or whatever, you know, right. you, you can't, you, if you start placing blame instead of, reflecting in and looking in and you know well what is my part of this I mean I'm part of this whole collective you know idea as well we all are connected and so we're all a part of it so yeah I think what you just said a second ago about blaming we can't because the and that's I think part of what's happening is this there's a lot of blaming going on instead of self-reflection and saying okay how can I change the way I'm responding to all of this stuff, take a step back, take a breath, you know, and somehow try to just, I mean, with the situation with my husband and his family, that's what I've been trying to do. It's like, how, how can I encourage, you know, this situation to just everyone to stop, Mm -hmm. take a breath, Let's recognize here for a sec, just in this little circle, that right. we this is all we can control is this one little sphere here. And how can we fix this? And how can each one of us, uh, yeah. of us five or six people, take responsibility yes. for what we have done? Exactly. And so that so that we can repair and keep our family intact. Right. And and be able to go, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I can see that that could have been a disrespectful remark. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we can get to that place where we can stop and just, you know, then I think I think some of this could maybe stop. But it's got to start with individuals and, like, it's got to start with you and me. Right. You know, right. we've got this relationship. So it's got to start there. And then, you know, my husband and his family. It's got to start you know? Yeah. And it really, it really feels, I mean, you just really hit on something because it really feels like none of us are 
willing to take responsibility for our own actions right. or inactions. Right. And so all we want to do is be right. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> I just want to be right. And, you know, one of the things that's been going on in California, those of you who are in California, you know that there's a big, um, there's a big push to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. Mm-hmm. And the, the tipping thing was, you know, is that he went to a restaurant right before Thanksgiving. Even though he was asking for restaurants to be shut down, he went to, what, the French Laundry or some Mm -hmm. fancy restaurants. Yeah, I think it was that, in Sonoma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that was the tipping point. That's where they said, okay, we got to get rid of this guy. Well, who among us has not you know, push the boundaries a little bit. Who among us has said, oh, I don't need to wear a mask when I go there. I'm not going to wear a mask there. Or has said, "Eh, I'm not going to wash my hands. Or, you know, we've all pushed the boundaries because we are all tired. Right. You know, everybody's tired. And let's be real, Gavin Newsom has never been the governor of a state as big as California during a pandemic. Right. You know, he's never done that before. Just like all of the other governors in the United States. And every one of them are doing it differently. Mm-hmm. And they're taking information. They're taking the science, scientific information. They're taking the um, the anger and frustration of their constituents. Mm-hmm. They are listening to the president. And they're, lis- they're taking in all the information. And, and, and trying to make the best judgment of all of it. And trying to make the very best judgment. Mm -hmm. And California, my gosh, we have one-eighth of the population of the entire country here in this state. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of responsibility, and there's no way that one human being can make everybody happy. Absolutely not. I, I mean, I wouldn't be, want to be walking in his shoes. I, you know, no. it just seems awful. I mean, and yeah, I mean, yeah, he made a mistake. And the thing is, is that he's he admitted it. Yeah, he did admit that he was wrong. Right. He did say, you know what, I I, I blew it. Now I know he said something like. Um, you know, he didn't expect that there was going to be that many people there or whatever, whatever the thing was. I mean, right. and, I mean, and I've actually been in that situation. Well, just like I was in Clovis last weekend yeah, you, when I'm you standing were, in line. You I were, did not expect that I would be surrounded by 500 yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've had a couple of those as well. Right. And so then it's like, okay, well, here I am. So, you know, but I don't, I don't know. I guess he could have said, you know what? I can't do this. This isn't what I expected. What I'm I expected. I'm gonna walk. I mean, he could have done that. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? But he did publicly say he blew it and he was sorry. Well, and that is what this whole that is what our conversations and this whole podcast is about. When we get together and talk, is yeah. about saying, you know what, this is a mistake that I made. And I want to talk about it, and I want people to learn from it. And I want want you to know that I have learned from that mistake. And that's what being human is all about. That's right. I mean, and it's unfortunate that someone who is is in a position that way, you know, um, that visible and with that much responsibility, um, when, when he does make a mistake and he 
comes forth, that there's not more people who, who can just, okay. Show them grace. Show them some grace. Yeah. Yeah, but there's so many angry people that don't want to do that. And um, and I get being angry. I do, too. I get it. I Listen, I completely went off on my husband the other day about something that now I can't even remember. And I just started sobbing. And he said, why are you so mad about this? Why are you so upset about this? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> but it, it wasn't even about the situation. It was just... You know, it was just one more thing. It was yeah. like the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. And so I know that we are all pressurized. One of the things that I've mentioned to you a few times that I'm really struggling with is I am struggling with jealousy. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this a little bit, but it's not about jealousy of somebody who's younger than me or thinner than me or cuter than me or richer than me. None of that makes me jealous. I used to be jealous of people who had swimming pools. I think we may have talked about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but I am jealous of people who have been able to maintain relationships through this crisis. I'm jealous of people who have other people gathering around them and putting together GoFundMes or right. meal trains, right. you know, it, because they're in the middle of a crisis. Do they deserve to have people gathered around them and and raising money for them and providing them food? Of course they do. That's what I would wish for anyone right. in crisis. Right. But I struggle with saying, but what about what me? About me? <laughs> I How come when I, my family's in crisis, we're just left to just flounder out there and, you know, with, with no support, no GoFundMes, no meal trains, none of that kind of right. thing. And we've, we've been forced, if you will, to kind of, you know, pull ourselves and, up. Yeah, fend for yourself. And fend for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're not alone. We're not, al we're alone, but we're not alone in that experience. No, you're not. No, you no. know, there's lots and lots and lots of people who are finding themselves struggling and grappling. And, you know, many years ago, I talked a little bit about this. We had, you know, some drug issues in our family and there was uh, there was rehab and there were huge expenses, of course, that were related to that. And and we sought help in just paying a PG&E bill and we're told no you have your family is dealing with drugs we don't give money to people who aren't drugs so we sat across the desk from a pastor who would not help us pay our electricity bill after we had closed our entire checking and savings account to to put towards the first month of rehab wow so that even now looking back is like gosh it was so 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 hard we felt so alone we walked out of that church office so dejected mm -hmm. after paying tithe and right and you know going and serving right and singing in the choir and all those kinds of things and now i see people who have very vocally spoken out about um the 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 non-existence of of the virus they've mm -hmm. called it a shamdemic and a plandemic and all <laughs> yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah they they don't wear masks because science says we don't need to you know all this kind of stuff and now they have covid and i don't wish that on anybody mm -hmm. but they have a whole bunch of support and they've got meal trains and gofundmes and all that kind of stuff and that is exactly how it should be. 
Yeah, it that is. is exactly how it should be. Well, and the fact that I am dealing with jealousy over that is you, my own is my own struggle. I I think Liz that addiction in our country is so under-examined yeah. at the the causes and mm-hmm. and the reasons why and I th- I think still at, even though I think our country's getting better but I know that <clears throat> excuse me in several of my you know friendships and relationships there's just not a whole lot of understanding or compassion or empathy with a person who's got an addiction problem. Right. And and I think there's a lot of people who who just don't I I'll, I'll call it ignorance, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it seems like that there's enough information out there now in the media. I mean, pretty much every day we hear about the opioid crisis and all this stuff there's it's out there the information is out there but there's still this idea that if you're on drugs then it's you know bad your the parents are bad or you're just a bad person you're weak you're blah blah whatever it is you made a choice you made a choice and you can choose to not do it and and i i i i feel you there that i struggle with that too i don't it's not fair I mean, even even mental illness, you know, right. it, people right. who are depressed or people who have anxiety or or bipolar disorder. It it's it's like, well, that's not really real. It's almost like that. Right. Like just right. Well, just snap out of it or think out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OK. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know, you know, several so, years ago, there was a study done with rats and cocaine. And they had water that had that was just plain water, and then they had water that had cocaine, and they wanted to see whether or not you know how the addiction worked with these mice, right? So they put a mouse uh, with the cocaine, and they had two they had two sources of water. One had cocaine, and one didn't. And put the mouse in there alone. And the mouse ended up tasting the cocaine, tasting the water, going back to the cocaine, back to the cocaine, back to the cocaine, eventually died of the cocaine. So the thought was, well, this is what happens in the brain. They just become more and more addicted until they just, you know, end up killing themselves. But then they did something interesting. They had the water and cocaine and then put many rats together or several rats together. Mm-hmm. And watched them as they tried the cocaine and then tried the water, and none of them died of the cocaine overdose because they had each other. And so then the thoughts became, you know, started looking at how we treat addiction. And so much of the treatments up until that point were isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, they would. So, so there was a lot of the tough love kind of era when you would say, no, if you've got a kid or a family member who's addicted to alcohol or drugs or whatever, what you need to do is kick them out. That is tough love so that they can, you know, find it within themselves to figure it out. Well, maybe that's some of that kind of idea seeps into churches and you know, right, right. When in reality, what we should be doing to people who are struggling with addiction is not 
let them be alone, not let them flounder. Obviously, we have to worry about boundaries. We have to sure. make sure that our homes are safe. Right. That we don't have family members We're gonna um, be stealing, stealing from us. From and, us. Right. And obviously, <clears throat> we um, don't necessarily have the capabilities of helping these people. But isolating them and, and telling them you're not going to be there for yeah. them yeah. is not the answer. No. And now, fast forward to this time... And I watch how completely easily people are cutting others off, mm -hmm. isolating themselves and cutting off their friends and family, yeah. telling them that they don't want to be a part of them. And I just thought, you, I need you to know what you're doing to them. Mm -hmm. That the only way to be healthy is to have community. That is the only way to be healthy. Yeah, you is know, to have community. The <clears throat> have you seen the book? No, it's going. The name of it's going to escape me because we're on, you know, we're live. <laughs> but I actually gave the book. Oh, it's called The Blue Zones. Okay. And it's a fascinating book. And I heard um, somebody speak on on this book a couple years ago at at the women's conference. And it's these areas of our planet where there's a bunch of people who live to be a hundred oh, yeah. or, or older. Yeah. And so there's like five or six regions. Many of them are vegetarian. <laughs> well, they are. They, yeah. So there's, so there, so they've done these studies and the reason why I gave this, I gave this book last year to all of our family for Christmas because we have a centurion in our family. And I thought it would be fascinating for everybody to read about, you know, the, the, I'll say ingredients to the recipe of, of staying alive to, and healthy right. when, until you're a hundred, right? Yeah. Cause our, our, I have a grandma who is, right. and, um. And one of the one of the huge things is community. Community. People having community, friends, spiritual connections, not being isolated. Right. It, it's one of the top five things. It was that. It was um, um, plant. You know, having yeah. a mainly plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. uh, there were there are several things in there but community is so 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 important and so for especially for a a church community just to just turn their back which happens all the time it does it happens I, all the time and i you know you said that you're struggling with with jealousy about those things and i got to be honest i i'm struggling and i'm and I, the the emotion of anger makes me uncomfortable I'm I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't like it, and I recognize in myself that I have anger towards the church, oh, towards okay. the evangelical church, towards right. what's happening, and and to the point where you know, in my own kind of private time, I make I cried a lot, and I'm trying to journal, and because I don't want to have anger, yeah. I need to work it out, and I'm and I'm, but that that particular subject stirs stuff up in me that makes me uncomfortable and angry and so I think you know I mean maybe this COVID time and having more time on my hands in the big picture of my life will be a blessing because I'll be able to work through some of that because I didn't really know that it was kind of brewing in there right you know right. but having time on my hands 
watching the news, watching people saying things, just watching. And it's like, okay, Deb, you're, you're kind of pissed off. (laughs) And, you know, and you know, when you express that, you know, you're struggling with feelings of jealousy of people who, uh, who have better relationships than you, or you're struggling with anger towards, towards the church or towards a political party or towards whatever. Um, a lot of times people will say, just get over it, just get over it. And I think this has been a time when we all realize that there's a lot that we can't just get over. Mm-hmm. But you gotta work. You gotta to work through work. it. You have to work through it. You have to walk through it. You have to face it. You have to mm-hmm. name it. You have to name it. You've got to look at it. You've got to look at your own part in it. You've got. There's all kinds of things to dissect in that. Right. But I do believe I'll work it out and I'll be able to go. Okay, I'm not mad anymore. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. But, and I, so I even did, I've started making like a list of specific people that have done things that have pissed me off and <laughs> things that they've said and things I've overheard and just, just, you know, cause I do, I don't want, I don't want to be carrying that around. Right. You know? Right. So thank you COVID for that. Exactly. And you know, so much of the time that, the, you know, you have a list of people who, you know, have made you angry and yet they, most of them have no idea that no, they made you they don't. angry. And, it, and it's they people, really, you know, it's just between, it's yeah. just something that honestly you do yeah. have to name exactly. and claim and then walk through. Well, fortunately, most of the things that have come to my mind to this point, I don't have any contact with, with the folks anymore yeah. that, that, you know, so that's good. But it's still the feeling that's there and, and going, okay, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, and I think that that's the other part of it is is just because you forgive someone or you, you know, let something go doesn't mean that you have to let down your boundaries. No. Or put down your walls. Right. Um, because you don't, you don't need to go back to an abuser over and over right. and over again. Right. You know, I've shared a little bit about... And my ex-husband, I was married for two and a half years to someone that was extremely, extremely verbally abusive. Um, a, a little tiny bit physically, but really it was mm-hmm. more verbally and emotionally abusive. And, you know, I, I just remember him saying, you know, you need, you need to forgive me. You're a Christian wife, right? You need to just let it go and just forgive me. And what he wanted from me was to... Just excuse everything he right. did, and forgive not, everything he did, and not put up boundaries. And not, and he doesn't have to take any kind of responsibility for who he is. And Correct. What, and, and that's, you know, people, people, all of us, myself included, I mean, I'm preaching to myself when I say it's so important that we all stop and look in the mirror for a minute yeah. every day. Look in the mirror. How can I be better? How can, you know? Right. Just, that's all you even have to say is just look in the mirror and go, I just, I want to be better today. Mm-hmm. You know? I just, I want to be kinder today. I want to be more helpful today. I want to be a light today. I want to be loved today. Yeah. You know, and try to make some of this crazy stuff stop. And I see so many people like on Facebook, there's, you know, there's these, this group of this, this people, we're all, we've, we've talked about how easy it is to get into our bubbles. 
Um, and then there's, you know, there's just a lot of encouragement to just walk away, just mm -hmm. walk away. Don't have anything to do with those people ever again. Well, yes, I, I can understand I, that I can there see are, that. There are circumstances where that is appropriate for sure. Yeah. But is there hope to I, reconcile? I think with... there, I think there's more hope to reconcile and fix and, and repair relationships. They may change. Yeah. But so that you're not carrying around a bunch of jealousy or anger or whatever. I think right. there's more hope and healing and stuff in at least trying to do that than just cutting people off. Right. Cutting people off is just so, I don't know, it's like I'm just going to cut my arm off. I mean, I'd rather try to heal my hand first. Do everything I can to heal it before I have to cut it off. Right. Right? Right. And so, um, yeah, I had a friend who early in the pandemic um, was looking at having um, a, a foot amputated because of diabetes. So he had some very severe um, issues with one of his feet, right? And so this was probably around April, mm -hmm. and he was facing an amputation. So he went to the hospital, uh, they were going to do all the tests and the evaluation and chances were very, very high that he would lose, lose his, foot. his foot. The next day, the governor in the state where he lived shut things down and said, we don't want to do any surgeries that are not emergency, uh -huh. you know, and so, and so we just want to shut things down so that we can deal with the pandemic right now. And so all of a sudden, his surgery was taken off the books because it wasn't life or death okay. at that particular oh, okay. moment, right? Okay. So he was sent home. So that was both disappointing and also a challenge. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, maybe... I can save this foot. Maybe we can reverse this. Uh-huh. And do you know that here we are? I mean, that was April of last year. He still has his foot? He still has his <gasps> foot. He still has his foot Sweet. and has lost 40 pounds and is... I okay, mean, that's an amazing turned story. Turned his life around. Because what happened was his wife said, okay, here's the deal. I am taking over. And I'm going to feed. You're going to eat what I feed you. I'm going to be cooking. I'm going to be, you know, I am taking control of your health. And he's like, oh, okay, you can take control of my health. <laughs> and um, so here we are. And he has his foot. And wow. he is practically, you know, free from diabetes. Wow. And all it took was exercise and, you know, diet change. And of course, mm -hmm. just this mindset to be, to, to focus on the entire body. Mm -hmm. Right. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the miracle, I mean, it feels like a miracle, but here's the deal that was diseased. Mm -hmm. And the easy thing, and so much of, of what we see, is to just take it off. Right. Because we have to make sure that that disease does not infect the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. So we have to take it off. We have to. And you know, if a week or two had gone down the road and the infection had gotten worse and worse, of course that's exactly what they would have done because the health of the whole body right. was the ultimate goal. Right. And right. there are situations where... Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm not saying that that not losing a limb is is right for everybody. Sure. There's, you know, but he, he focused...
focused on the health and well-being of the entire body. Mm -hmm. And that foot has been preserved. Yeah. And that's, that's, and that's huge. Well, and that's such a beautiful word picture for relationships. Absolutely. It really Absolutely. totally fits, yeah. you, you know? And sometimes the disease is bad enough that you don't want it to infect your entire family or your that's entire, correct. Um, you know, bubble. But sometimes it can be fixed and even be better. Yes, it can be better. But it takes some work. And that it wasn't easy for that guy no. to do that. No. That was hard. Yeah. And he had a part in that miracle. He had to participate in having that miracle happen. And he had to participate fully. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't he just say, oh, we'll just wait until tomorrow. And we'll just, you know, and I'm going to have this piece of candy today. And I'm going to do this. He had and to be that. fully present in it. Fully present. Mm -hmm. And I just think, gosh, how much healing can go on in our homes, mm -hmm. in our communities, in our churches, mm -hmm. in our country, and certainly in the world. Yeah. If we would just become fully invested mm -hmm. in kind of ignoring, not ignoring, but dealing with the disease. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think... Amen, girl. So I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to say, I, um, there was a, when my kids were growing up, we did the prayer of Jabez every single day around our breakfast table. And the prayer of Jabez is found in the Old Testament in Chronicles chapter four, but it's just a, a one verse. It's really just one verse. And Jabez, it says that Jabez cried out to the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from evil. And God granted his request. I mean, that was it. That was his prayer. Mm -hmm. Bless me indeed. In other words, just, you know, make bring good things to me. Mm -hmm. Bring good things to me. Um, enlarge my territory. Give me more um, people, mm -hmm. more land, mm -hmm. more... Um, a, a bigger voice, mm -hmm. you know, enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from evil. Mm -hmm. So in other words, come to me so that I don't, you know, I don't commit, you know, bad things and hurt others in the process. Right, right. So it's this little tiny prayer. So every day throughout most of my kids' high school, we just kind of recited that around the breakfast table and I sent them off to school. And I wasn't thinking about how that little prayer might impact our life. But here's the deal. We ended up facing a drug addiction. And that was that didn't feel like a blessing. No. Obviously. Obviously. But what happened from it? Our territory was expanded. Mm -hmm. And I have been in, I have gone to visit, you know, people that I love mm -hmm. in jail in prison. I've been to Africa. I've been, you know, I feel like my territory has been, has been expanded. Mm -hmm. And I know people from so many walks of life. Mm -hmm. I know people who are poor, who are rich, who are, you know, who have been in lots of trouble, who mm -hmm. are still even to this day dealing with addictions. I have met moms of kids who have battled addictions. I am on speed dial for some of these moms who want to say, hey, 
I need some help in dealing right. with this situation. Never did I think that I would be the go-to mom, mm -hmm. you know, when yeah. a child is yeah. in crisis. In crisis, sure. But I'm the go-to mom because my territory has been expanded. Mm -hmm. I love and that. so during this time of COVID and of political mm -hmm. unrest, mm -hmm. the reality is all of us have been stretched way, way beyond. <laughs> and because of Facebook and Instagram yes. and all of that, mm -hmm. our territories are expanded. Yeah. How do we use that platform? Yeah. How do we, what do we say out there? Yeah. I'm not 100% good at it. Well, I'm not either, but I, I, I really, really do try. I mean, I really do try to stay present, and I really do try to stay in love yeah. instead of in fear or, or whatever. The, I guess that's the opposite of, of love is fear. Yeah. So I really try to stay present and try to stay in love, try to breathe, try to just take a minute, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's Don't be af afraid of that expanded territory. I remember a mom, a mom said to me, my son is in jail and I went down there to see him. But she goes, I am never going back there again. Never. Because that was a horrible experience. And she said, I am not like those people. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, you are. You're a mom whose son is on the other side of that glass. You're just like the other people in there whose loved one is on the other side of the glass. That's right. And I said, you might have raised him differently than some of those other moms raised their kids, but you're still the mom mm -hmm. whose son is on the other side mm -hmm. of the glass. And I said, I'm going to encourage you to keep going to see him. Yeah. And you know, she did. Good. And I remember when he got out, he thanked me for encouraging her to not abandon him. Yeah. And, you know, here we are years later, and he's got a wife and kids, and, and he's she's doing, a grandma, and he's doing great. Yeah. So because, you know, because it's like we just we said earlier, we need each other. Yes. We don't need to be abandoned in a jail. We need people to step up and to yeah. go and, and to... We need each other. We need community. So don't be afraid of those people, yeah. quote unquote. <laughs> don't be afraid of the people on the other side of the street yeah. who are picketing for one thing while you're picketing for another, another thing. Yeah, exactly. Cross the street. Love them. Yeah. You know, find out Try to get to what know they somebody. like on their hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> find out if they have recipes for veggie dogs. I know. I know. That's what I'm going to go do. <laughs> I'm going to go home and I'm going to figure out how to make me a gluten-free gluten veggie dog, veggie dog, corn, corn dog. dog. <laughs> and then your territory will have been expanded. It, I, it already has been today with the, with the vegetarian store over there. <laughs> All right, Deb. So how can we be better going forward? What, what is one, what is one thing that we should take for this week? Do you have one, one thing, one thing, just Maybe, maybe try to have not try to have a, a moment of of laughter, of you know maybe taking a breath and just not taking ourselves and our stuff so seriously. seriously. That's the yeah. That's what comes to my mind. That's a good one. Yeah. 
laughter. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll go home and figure that out. <laughs> well, we've been laughing a lot today. We have been. Yeah. We have been. So you know what? Everybody just take a moment. Mm-hmm. Breathe. Mm-hmm. Find something to laugh about. Yep. Don't be afraid of quote unquote those people. Yeah. Because we all have more in common. We do. Than not. We do. We really do. We really do. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Well, I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time, um, Deb. If you if you do want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook and... And, and you can... And, and dancingwithskeletons.net. Um, or you can email us at wedancewithskeletons at gmail.com and just kind of let us know what you're dealing with and what your struggles are. And we want to we want to be in this together. We might not be able to help you or solve your problems. But we'll sure listen and try. <laughs> well, so. and we just want you to know that we're all in this together and we love you. Yep. Whether you're wearing a mask or not, we love you. But I might have to cross the street if you're not wearing a mask. <laughs> Right. But um, but I understand. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, we get it. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.